We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Last week we started this message, this series, entitled The Art of War. And we talked about the fact that there are three ways we defeat Satan. By resisting him, by rebuking him, and by reminding him. Those are offensive positions we have to take to defeat the enemy. We have to be on guard, ready at all times to resist him, to rebuke him in Jesus' name, and then to remind him of what has already happened through Jesus at Calvary and the resurrection. We remind him the same power that pulled Christ out of your clutches, that brought him out of a cold, dead tomb, and brought him to life again, lives in me. Oh, come on, somebody. That'll light your fire this morning. That'll let you know greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We need to understand our offensive position. But we also need to understand there are times we play defense. And so we look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, and the Apostle Paul says it this way, Neither give place to the devil. The NIV uses this translation, Don't give the enemy, the devil, a foothold. So offensively, we resist him, we rebuke him, we remind him. Defensively, we shore up our lives. We shut the windows, we close the doors, we fill in the gaps so he doesn't have room to gain a foothold. Now, I looked at that word foothold and it reminded me of some years ago, longer than I want to remember, when I took some self-defense classes. And one of the things the instructor just pounded again and again is you've got to know your footwork. Footwork is everything. And he told us, come here, Daniel, I need your help. I'm going to embarrass him. No, I'm not. I promise. This floor is hard. Nobody's going to the ground this morning. But if Daniel was trying to come at me, maybe the one of the best things I could do is to gain some foothold, right? And take him down by using a foothold. And then if we put him down with a foothold, stay right there. The next thing that happens is you gain a stronghold. And when I put him on the ground, then I can use a stronghold to pin him to the ground. And then if I really want to defeat him, I put him in a chokehold. And that puts him down. Do you hear what I'm saying? The Apostle Paul said, don't let the enemy get a foothold, because a foothold leads to a stronghold, and a stronghold leads to a chokehold. Oh, come on, somebody. Hear me this morning. It's time to know. It's time to shore up your lives. Close the windows. Shut the doors. Don't give the devil a place in your life. It's time to have that kind of an attitude. I'm going to live so full of God, so full of God's grace, so full of God's mercy that you will not find a place to penetrate in my life. We need to understand that when we read both our texts from last week, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, where Paul said, we're not ignorant of his devices, and our text from this week, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, he's talking about the same thing. To the Corinthians, he's talking about restoring a brother who has fallen. The need to forgive them, to restore them, to renew the relationship. To the Ephesians, he's talking about how we address the attitudes of our life. He's talking about anger and then lifestyles as a result. Everything he's talking about in those two passages deal with our motives, with our heart. So what he's saying is if you don't want to give a foothold to the devil, you better guard your hearts. You better make sure your heart is right with God. Build a wall that keeps the devil out and allows God to do what he wants to do. 
You see, when we read Ephesians 4.27, if you'll put that up from the Amplified Bible, I love the way it says it. Watch it when it comes on the screen this morning. Ephesians 4.27 from the Amplified Bible. It says, leave no room. Do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or cultivating bitterness. Give no opportunity to the devil. We don't give him opportunity when we fail or when we refuse to do these things, holding a grudge, nurturing anger, harboring resentment, cultivating bitterness. See, what we understand is that if we have that type of unresolved issue in our life, it becomes an entry point for Satan. It becomes a point of access for the enemy to come in. Those points of conflict, and you and I both know that as long as we're humans, we will deal with conflict. Someone won't like me. Someone won't appreciate me. Someone won't agree with me. That's life. You may as well get over it. If you think everybody loves you, you're living in a pipe dream. I'm here to tell you there's some folks that don't like you. Wow, that's going over well this morning, isn't it? I just popped some balloons. You see, I live with the recognition that everybody doesn't like me, everybody doesn't agree with me, and that's okay. That's okay. I understand that. I don't have a problem with that. And I'm refusing to allow their opinions to become a source of offense to me. Because if it does, then it becomes an entry point for Satan to come in. A point that he can use against me to gain a foothold, which leads to a stronghold, which goes to a chokehold. And that's the last thing I want to happen in and through my life. Paul says, neither give place to the devil. If you look at that word from the Greek place, the word is tapos. And it literally means a specific marked off geographical location. Carries the idea of a territory, a province, a region, a zone, or a geographical position. It's from that word tapos, we get our word topographical map, which shows a position, a place. So we understand that if we give an entry point to the devil... If we give a foothold to the enemy, then he's going to establish a place, a region in our lives. He's going to start throwing up walls within us. He's going to start dominating and controlling. And then all of a sudden, we're seeing and doing things we don't want to do. Do you all hear what I'm saying today? It's effective in every area of our lives. Don't give place. Don't give a foothold to the devil. It applies to your money. Someone said, why are you always telling us to give tithe and to bring offering? Because I understand if you will get the lessons of tithing and giving, the devil has no foothold in your finances. Oh, come on, somebody hear me. If you want the blessing of God in your life, then bring the first fruits. Bring the 10% to the storehouse. Give offerings. Support the cause of the kingdom around the world and watch what God will do. Doesn't mean you'll never have a, uh, never have lack, but it means the Lord of the universe will meet that lack. He'll sustain you and he'll carry you. Have you never read Psalm 37? It was a time of famine when that Psalm was written, but what did David say? He said, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Oh, come on, somebody. When we don't give place to the devil, don't give him a foothold. It opens the door for God to do great things in and through our lives. Relates to our health. Relates to our marriages. Relates to our relationships, to our employment, to our business, to our ministry. I heard a song this week I love. 
It said, I need you and you need me. My mouth will not offend you. Wow. What a powerful statement that is. I need you. You need me. We need each other. As a result, I will not speak wrong things, hurtful things against you. You see, when we give foothold to the devil, he gains an entry point. An entry point. That word literally means penetration. And we'll talk about that in just a few minutes if we have time. The Greek word devil comes from diablos. It's a compound word, dia and balo. And it carries the idea, dia, of through or penetration. So when we give place or a foothold to the devil, we're giving him an opportunity to penetrate our spirit, to penetrate our lives. Oh, come on, folks. Paul said, don't give place, don't give a foothold to the devil. We understand that we do that. Listen to me. We give the devil a foothold when we refuse to let go of old hurts and wounds. But you just don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said about me. I just can't let that go. I just can't forgive them. May I remind you, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, if you want the Father to forgive you, you have to forgive those who've offended you. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's a scriptural principle you can never deviate from. And if you choose to live in unforgiveness, and if you choose to live in offense, you're giving foothold to the devil. Can I tell you, there is no person, no argument that's worth you going to hell over. Let it go. Don't give a foothold to the devil. We give a foothold to the devil when we refuse to acknowledge what I did was wrong. Oh, come on. We need to live in a generation that will own up. That will take responsibility. That will say, yeah, I did it. It was wrong. I'm sorry. I apologize. Oh, we don't need to deflect. We don't need to defer. It's not my mama's fault. It's not my daddy's fault. It's not my teacher's fault. It's my fault. I'm the one that did it. It's not the devil's fault. It's my fault. We need to own up and be able to say, I was wrong. Please forgive me. We give place to the devil when we refuse to forgive others for what they've done. When we harbor that resentment. When we feel ourselves completely and totally overcome with bitterness. Someone said to me, well, how do I know when I've forgiven someone? I said I forgave them. You know forgiveness has occurred when you think back at the offense and no longer feel the pain. You see, we're not like God. We can't forgive and forget. We forgive, but we do remember. But I'm telling you, when you choose to live a lifestyle of forgiveness, there will come a time in your spirit and in your life when you can remember the offense without feeling the pain it incurred. When you're in that position, then you know the devil doesn't have a foothold in my life. He has been eradicated, pushed out, and has no control. We give place to the devil. We give him a foothold. You may not like this one, but it's true. When we refuse to stop judging others. Man, I'm the judge and I'm the jury. One man said to me years ago, I'm not going to judge anybody, but I'm a fruit inspector. It's the same thing, different words. Come on, give me a break. Don't pull semantics. That's utter nonsense. I know I'm from Oklahoma, but I went to school. Come on, we got to stop judging others. Live in their shoes, walk in their life, and then have some compassion. Everybody isn't like you. 
Everybody doesn't see things through the lens you think, see things through. So stop judging others. We give place to the devil when we refuse to admit that we're wrong and lay down our rights. Lay down our rights. Have you ever heard it? Well, I have a right. I have a right. Okay, newsflash, Christians. Every right you have died at Calvary. You surrendered your rights to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And from that moment forward, your rights flow through him. Now, I'm here to tell you, as a believer, I have some great rights. I have some great rights, but with them come great responsibilities. So we understand when I play that card, it's my rights. Then we're giving place to the devil. Because all we're doing is making an excuse for our behavior or our thoughts or our speech. It's my right to do that. So I'm going to come at you. It's my right to call you on the carpet. It's my right to tell you you're wrong. Wouldn't you much rather just let the Holy Ghost deal with it? He's much better than you or I. Anytime we embrace any of these things, we are leaving a marked off place, a tapos for the devil to come in. And he starts throwing up walls in our heart and in our lives, and we never get through it. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. The Bible says, John 4, 4, greater, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. The Bible says neither give place to the devil. The Greek makes it clear we choose whether he has territory in our lives or not. We choose to be defensive and to build resistance against him, to shut every window and close every door, to seal every crack so he doesn't have an opportunity to come into our lives. Listen, I developed a motto years ago as a pastor. And you've heard me say it, many have. You cannot offend me. It doesn't matter what you say or what you do. You're not going to offend me. That's my personal choice. You cannot offend me. You may be the vilest, nastiest, meanest, snarliest person I've ever encountered, but your behavior, your words, your action will not offend me because if I allow myself to be offended, I'm giving a foothold to the devil. Some of you need to take that pill this morning and start practicing it because you're living with the fence. You're living in a position just asking somebody to knock the chip off your shoulder. You're looking for somebody to condemn, to get in an argument with, to get in a fight with. Can I tell you, that is no way to live. Can I encourage you this morning to stop giving place to the devil. Stop giving him a foothold because a foothold leads to a stronghold, leads to a chokehold, and you don't want to be there. Stop giving place to the devil. Understand God wants to do great things in and through you. We have a choice. We choose whether we give place to the devil or not. Or we choose, buddy, horns on the head, liar, deceiver, accuser, you will not get a foothold in my life. That will not occur. That will not happen. This past, I guess it's been two weeks now, had a little incident with one of my neighbors. Anybody had an incident with their neighbors? I had to show some what Sadie Marrero calls Oklahoma hospitality. I'm a really nice guy until I'm not. You know what I mean? I'm a really nice guy until you push me a little too far, and then that oak is going to buck up against you. 
And this lady made some wild accusations that had no foundation in truth. She said some guys who were cutting trees had dumped a branch in her yard. Well, this is like 8 o'clock at night. It's dark. I said, I'll check it out in the morning. I can't believe they did that, but I'll check. So I went in the morning, 7 a.m., and I'll go through the yards, and all I can find is a branch that fell off of a pine tree. Probably been there a year. The needles are already black. And I'm thinking, man, this woman is crazy as a fruitcake. So I waited till 10 o'clock, knocked on her door and said, will you show me this branch that they threw in your yard? She came out and she showed me that branch. I said, now wait a minute, you said they cut it off. Yes, they cut it off. And they threw it there yesterday? Yes, they threw it there yesterday. So I pick up the end of the branch. I said, that's a break. There's not a saw mark on it. No, I'm telling you, they cut it off. No, ma'am, there's not a saw mark on it. It's a break. You, they did not cut it. It fell from right there in your pine tree. On and on we went trying to convince her, reason with her, that she was wrong. She refused to admit she was wrong. Finally, I just said, enough's enough. You're not going to make me mad. You're not going to offend me. But you're wrong and move on with life. Come on, folks. There are people in your lives that you simply have to say, you cannot offend me. You're not right. Your information is incorrect. And you're not going to offend me. Because if you allow them to offend you, you're giving place to the devil. You're giving a foothold to the enemy. And what happens? Anger. We get angry. Then we get bitter. Then we get resentful. Then we want revenge. Oh, just wait. Now, if I would have let her offend me, you know what I would have done? I'd have cut every tree in the yard and threw them right on hers. Yeah, that's what, that's what the old Steve would have done. You want to see some branches? I'm going to show you some branches, lady. That's what we would have done. But that's not what God wants us to do. Live peaceably. I love the scripture. Live peaceably as much as within you with all men. I like that disclaimer. As much as is within you. You see, we need to understand as believers, offense will come or attempt to come. But we're going to draw a line. We're going to say, I just believe you don't know what you're talking about. I know that's not a true report. I know what is true and not true. And I'm going to hang on to the truth and reject the lie. Don't give place to the devil. Don't give a place for him to come in and penetrate your life to bring anger and discouragement and bitterness and hatefulness and resentfulness into your life. Don't let it happen. Don't let it occur. You know when you have given place to the devil, when you've been offended and you've received that offense, you know it happens because all of a sudden you become nitpicky towards that person. That person that was your best friend. Come here, Yvonne. That person who is your spouse. That person who's done everything right and well for you for years. That person who takes care of your house, who washes your clothes, who cooks your meals. All of a sudden, they say something you don't like. And all of a sudden, even though they're doing the same things they've always done, you begin finding fault. Well, did you know you missed some dust right there in that corner? You know, that meatloaf, it was just a little bit on the burn side. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't really like your laugh anymore. It drives me crazy. Do you hear what I'm saying? When you entertain offense, it changes your perspective of the person who you think has offended you. That's giving place to the devil. That's throwing the door open for him to bring anger and bitterness and resentfulness and revenge into your heart and into your life. And let me ask you something. Which of those are characteristics of a believer? None. None. Neither give place to the devil. 
Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give him a place to build a wall and ruin a relationship. Oh, folks, I come to challenge you today. It's not enough just to resist. It's not enough to rebuke. It's not enough to remind. You've got to come to the place in this battle we are in where you understand, I'm going to close every window. I'm going to shut every door. I'm going to seal every crack so the devil doesn't have a foothold in my life. Because a foothold leads to a stronghold, which leads to a chokehold. And I'm not going to give him that opportunity in me. Tom, would you come back, please? We need to understand today that when we're in a war, and we are, we need to understand that God has given us the knowledge and the ability to overcome the enemy. That we fight from a position of victory. That we do remind him, devil, you're already defeated. Devil, you're not going to have your way. Devil, I know your plans. I know your tricks. I understand your strategy. And because I do, you're not getting a foothold in my life. You're not getting a foothold in my life. We need to understand we build walls to keep him out. We refuse to give him opportunity to tear down, but we allow the Spirit of God to build up and to strengthen us so that we can receive all that God has for us. There is no reason, listen to me, there's no reason for a Christian to live in defeat because the battle's already been won. The only reason a believer lives in defeat is because he doesn't understand what Jesus has already done. It doesn't make it from the heart to the mind the fact that I am victorious. I am more than a conqueror. The devil is under my feet. I am able to do all things through Christ. He gives me strength. He endues me with power. He has given me the Holy Ghost. And I will not live in defeat. Oh, come on, church. It doesn't matter what you're facing. Maybe you're in a physical battle. I've come to tell you this morning I serve the healer. He's able to touch you right here and right now. Maybe you're in a relational battle. Things are tense and tight. It's time to forgive. It's time to let it go. It's time to let Jesus break that chain and set you free. Maybe you're in a financial battle. It's time to trust Him. It's time to believe that His Word is true. That if He promised it, He will carry it out and bring it to pass in and over your life. Stand your feet with me across this room. You're in this place this morning. You say, Steve, I need victory in my life. Doesn't matter the area. Doesn't matter the nature. Doesn't matter what you're dealing with. I need victory in my life. I need victory in my finances, in my health, in my relationships, in my future, in my job. I need victory in my life. That's you. As Tom begins to sing this song, he's the chain breaker. I want you to step out and I want you to come. We're going to pray together and God is going to release you, break the chains, and give you victory in your life this morning. That's you as he sings. Step out and come. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, 
you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.